Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Patriot AM 1150 and iHeartRadio station. going to try to whistle along to be a catastrophe. Southern California Live with Wendell. That's me. I'm Johnny Wendell. I'm your friend at Southern California Live here at the Patriot, KEIB AM 1150, joined in this segment, as well as three others that follow it, by my good friend, my confidant, the evil red devil that sits on my shoulder as opposed to the kindly sweet angel was on the other shoulder. The Devil in My Car, B-52's 1981, 1980, actually. Mr. Johnny Venom, sir, how are you? Hey, give it, give it my way. I'm the devil on your shoulder. You better go see a chiropractor. <laughs> it's like one side of my body is sinking into the earth and the other is hopping yeah. in the atmosphere. There oh. you go. There you go. You become like a human leaning tower of pizza. <laughs> Of course, if I was at your house and I was a leaning tower of pizza, your dad would probably be taking bites out of me constantly. Oh, he, he's Mr. Hedonist today. He's taking a he's in a food coma as we speak. Oh, is he? And and and, oh, yeah. and what and which food family has knocked him out today? He had pizza. He went to the the senior center had a sandwich fest, and um, he 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 also uh, took a lot of medication. Oh, so, so he, he had a good time. Oh, so he's he's high and is full and his blood sugar is yeah. up and he's he's just he's floating on the wings oh. of of morphia right now. He got regular. Uh, he he took in some Royal Crown Cola. <laughs> took, you know, I'm talking. His diabetic rating must be uh, you know to the moon right now. Okay. Uh, How are you doing? I'm I'm Happy fine. Father's Day, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I have a question for you. You yeah. are a true Chicagoan. Okay. Even though you are presently living outside the city, you are a true Chicagoan. Literally across the street from my house. Okay. Therefore, and ergo, when your dad goes into a pizza coma, the pizza is undoubtedly good because it's Chicago pizza, correct? Yes. No chain. Cannot be any chain pizza whatsoever. Has to be certain mom pop places. Okay. You know. Now I have a question closest... for you. I have a question okay. for you. Your dad is ninety three and voracious and ravenous. This is we we have established those two facts, correct? He is a hedonist. Yes, he is a living garbage scow when it comes to yeah, consuming he's food. He's a glutton. He's a okay. black hole. Okay. Yes. No. I mean, he is. By the way, did you hear about this? The black hole that they've discovered on the edge of the universe. It's fantastic, man. You got to Google it. It's not. It's worse than your dad is. It's actually swallowing up whole galaxies. Anyway, that, okay. So it's 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 the Bracich black hole. It's on the edge of the universe. There you go. All right. There you As, go. So we have established that the man has a bottomless appetite. But what I wanted to ask you is this: before we get into the nuts and bolts of uh, local politics, if you laid a Domino's pizza. In front of your dad, as indiscriminate as he is about eating, 
would he pick the thing up and heave it at you like a giant pepperoni-covered Frisbee, or would he chow it down? He would take his pants off and take a dump on it. <laughs> he has nothing but loathing or, for Domino's Pizza. Or he would do when the one time my mother brought him at McDonald's and basically gave part of it to the dog yeah. and threw the whole rest of it out into the street and says, let's see what the raccoons do with it. <laughs> uh, Miguel, you have 15 seconds to rebut. Go ahead. Uh, well, Domino's is doing a good community service by filling up our potholes here. That so. is, that's true. That's by the way, that's a news story here. Just so you know, they are filling potholes in California. Uh, of, yeah, it and and the re- the reason they're doing it is because their vehicles are getting destroyed axle wise, so it's actually saving them money. Which, which I, I would have to say, yeah, that whatever they're using to fill the potholes is probably also under dessert. Right, or or what they're using right. to fill the potholes is probably more edible than what they're selling. Well, maybe. You <laughs> don't know. I, I mean, I, out of curiosity, I just Googled their website, and they have this dark-looking chocolate volcano thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, they have those, yeah. And I'm guessing that's what they're filling the potholes with. <laughs> or, the, or vice versa. The question is, 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 is that what they're filling Miguel with? You ever actually had any of those things? No, I, I that's my limit. You, I don't d- you draw the line. That's at that. where I draw the line. Okay. Miguel uh, has standards. Uh, excuse me, the the ceiling just fell in here. <laughs> uh, a gigantic creature has just crawled out of the earth and is about to consume the building whole. Do not ever put the words Miguel and standards in the same <laughs> sentence again. Okay, they don't. You know. I, I never said they were good standards. <laughs> okay. All right, you well, you sort of you, rig- know, you sort of wriggled out of that. Standards one. too, you know. <laughs> Satan has standards too. He's he's spitting Miguel back. Okay, CNN tells us something of great interest as opposed to chocolate volcanoes, potholes, dominoes, and your dad's appetite. India, the world's second largest nation, population wise, is going to start slapping tariffs on its ally, the United States of America. Johnny, listen to this. Hiking tariffs on 30 products in order to recoup trade penalties worth $241 million, according to the WTO. Its tariff will be on large American motorcycles, which are made in Wisconsin and, and aimed presumably angrily at Paul Ryan, but also American almonds, walnuts, and apples. Almonds and walnuts, Mr. Venom, tend to come from what major American agricultural state that does a lot of business with India? What would that state be called? Mm, I think it's the same state that has L.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that so far is still only one state. There aren't three of us yet. Okay, so how does this hit us in California? That's $241 million in penalties they're trying to recoup. In other words, they want, to, they want to flatten it out. They want it to be neither. They want to zero out their balance sheet. They're going to raise $241 million by taxing our products. What happens to us, sir? Well, there's a knock-on effect as well that you haven't mentioned. Which is? And it's specifically with Harley-Davidson. All right. One of the primary targets. They had already begun or initiated, or maybe it's already operational, a manufacturing facility 
in Southeast Asia. Ah, which and, 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 so and Harley it, said years ago they would only build in America, but no. Yeah, well, in corporate America says a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, okay. But these folks probably reincorporated a company. I forgot which country could be Malaysia. Right. And it's going to be imported into India, and they won't face any ter- that that company won't face any tariffs. All right. Okay, can you now, explain? Can you explain something to the average person? Let's say somebody does not really understand the mechanics of why these tariffs are bad for American exports. Explain okay. to the world in simple language why this is actually really, really awful for the state of California. It's a tax. Yeah. Bottom line, this is a tax. With tariffs, it's not that countries, when, when India slaps a tariff on America or vice versa, right. it isn't that the countries themselves pay the tax. It is the people who engage in the exchange of goods and services that will pay the tax. Right. A company that has to buy products in India right. or vice versa will have to pay the tax. Now, a consumer who has to buy goods who wants to buy a good made in another country will have to pay this tax, or they will have to find a local substitute. Now, okay, for exa- okay, let let me make it as as simple and as plain as possible. I'm in Mumbai and I'm just craving California walnuts. Are you with me so far? I want those walnuts more than your dad wants chocolate covered pretzels. That's how bad I want them. Okay. That's oh, a major hunger. Yeah, no, you tell me about it. Okay, so you walk in, and the jar of walnuts that was $2.99 the last time you were in is $7.99. Now, why do you suppose it went up like that? The tariff. Because of the tax. Yeah. Not o- and, and not only that. Now, I've now, uh, but, but, but even better, Johnny, is to consider this. A fish around in my pocket. I didn't bring my credit or debit cards. All I've got is a bunch of rupees. That's Indian currency. And I don't have the seven ninety nine on me because I only brought three bucks worth because they're two ninety nine. So I don't make the purchase. Now if you think that I'm the only one who does this in this one store in Mumbai over the course of a day, in a city of how what, eight million people or however many people live there, you crazy. Okay? This tax really, really hurts whoever sent them walnuts to India, correct? It hurts the retailer, yep. the distributor, and yep. ultimately the person that produces and grows the, the walnuts. And not only that, right. it also causes them to have loser market share. Yep. Now, you could have on that same shelf North American walnuts, and let's just say Chilean walnuts. Yeah. All right? Delicious. The Chilean walnuts will be the same old price they're going to grab market share. Or what they may realize is, okay, the other one's $7, and I'm the only guy in town. I can boost my price just a smidge what I could get before. So the consumer says, okay, it's, it's now gone from $3 to 310 I can still sort of scrounge up that extra $0.10. Cents. Right. And, of course, the Chileans make a little extra money, but... It raises the cost for everybody. That's right. Who wants to buy? Right, right. And okay. so then, the, okay. So then, then what happens is, is that the walnut salesman in California, 
the growers. Okay, I got a great big walnut farm up in the San Joaquin Valley. And my second biggest market after China, who has coincidentally slapped a tariff on my goods as well, is India. Okay, but just so you know, this isn't that far-fetched. I I remember in 2009, almond farmers in the Central Valley were impervious to the Great Recession because there was so much demand for their goods from the People's Republic. They were able to dodge a major bullet because uh, the, yeah. the Chinese just loved those almonds and they wanted them. On the other hand, uh, you slap a gigantic punitive tariff on American goods, or excuse me, or, or worse, on Chinese goods, and they retaliate by tariffing American ones or Indian ones. I mean, it's, it's like this. You've been in, in an Indian bakery before, right? You know they have those beautiful, sweet oh, yeah. little treats, right? Uh, suppose that uh, because of us getting angry at the Indians, everything coming in from India now triples the price of the sweet treat, and now it's $12 as opposed to 4 I'm going to say, to hell with it, I'll eat something else. All right? So sure. the Indians decide, oh, they're going to be like that, huh? All right, anything from America that comes into this country, we're tripling uh, the, the price via tariff, too. That's why it's called a trade war, correct? Correct. And it gets spiraled into a different direction. Which is? Because it goes outside of the economic and into the cultural or political world. Again, you could have somebody in this day and age, in social media, say, we have to boycott American goods across the board. Because they're going to say we're a bully. Right. And that would happen. And also because remember, these, these things tend to carry a momentum of their own. People get really excited at the idea of America's the biggest, most powerful economy in the world. We bet we can knock them down a few pegs. Let's take to the streets. You know, you lose 5, 10, 15, 20 percent of market share off of something like that in the People's Republic in India, in the European Union, in Canada, and in Mexico, and you've got a lot of domestic producers in America who are hurting in a major way. True? That is absolutely correct. Sir, the music says we must pause. Southern California Live with Wendell, 720. Stay tuned. with a Z, not a G-H. Oh, yeah. Southern California, live with Wendell. Yeah. Boy, the, the sun absolutely killed people last night at Joshua Tree, as it tends to. Uh, joined by Johnny Venom, sir. Yes, I'm here. You are there. Let's talk about these tariffs with India. Mm-hmm. Now, as, okay. we, as we are on the Pacific Rim in California... Any kind of a trade war for us and for Oregon and for Washington and for Alaska is really hits us extra hard, doesn't it? Well, any any place in the country. But I'm saying well, that be, because of, hard. okay, but because we are where stuff gets shipped out of and into. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If there's a tariff, even on a company based in Ohio, sure, they ship out east. Right, the, you know, to the east, to the to the to Asia Pacific region, you know, or even Africa. Right, you're going to take a hit. At the bottom, at the end of the day, is just remember, is is a tariff is an additional tax on top of whatever cost it is to buy an item or good. 
which That's means which is. means they're going to factor it into the cost. They may, yeah, they're going to have to, yes. Okay. So, in other words... So if an item, if you buy an item that's $100, <laughs> excuse me, if you buy an item that's $100 and there's a 30% tariff... It's 130 now, Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be, yeah, you, you will see a $130 price on there. I don't think... There's not going to be something on your receipt that says, oh, here's a 30% tariff. I will, actually, I take that back for an unfinished good, depending on the production chain. Yeah. You may see that. But to you, to the consumer who's listening, you're not going to see that on the receipt. It's you're just going to see price. stuff got really expensive really fast. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, even stuff that's made here, that's not even shipped to Asia. If there's any component or any part in the chain right. where, you know, that has to get something from Asia, yeah. right? Yeah. That's going to go cause that product up. Let's use the egg. All right. Yeah. I mean, eggs you get from chickens. Right. Chickens most of the time are in factory farms. Factory farms use components that are probably made in Asia. Or made in Mexico or in Central America. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, in other words, so the price of eggs goes up, and you don't even know why. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is the the, the egg farm right down the street from me, but they say no. The conveyor belt that they're on. I had to buy it from Guatemala, and I needed a new one, and they jacked up the price by 30% because of tariffs, right? Exactly. And the chairman of GM yeah. in the past two weeks, and both and fourth, have both said because their components come from Canada and Mexico. Yeah, they or do. parts of the car. They do. It's going to cause a disruption. Right. And what they mean by a disruption is they may have to find another supplier if it just seems too costly for them to buy it from, take from their own warehouse. Because remember, Ford owns a lot of subsidiaries, and so does GM. Sure. But they quote unquote buy from each other for tax purposes. Right. You know, but if these that more complicated. But if these subsidiaries are in Windsor, Ontario, or if they're in Mexico City, Mexico, now you have an issue of tariffs. Exactly. Which were you didn't before? Yeah, I. You know, we've only got like about 25 seconds left in this segment. Can you? Is there a net positive in any way, shape, and form to this trade war? Is anything good about it? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I think once it gets really bad, people are going to refrain from using this again. It's sort of like 1945, we dropped two A-bombs. Yep, no Nobody's one's... ever attempted to use a nuclear weapon since. Yep, this is, this is the example. You. All right, Southern California Live with Wendell. We shall return. Stay tuned. He was a wealthy fella. Yeah, he really was. 
Southern California Live with Wendell at 736 with our good friend, Mr. Jay Venom of Chicago, Illinois, sir. Thank you for having me, GW. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. Sir, the L.A. Times asks us the question that has been vexing, hexing, and perplexing people for a while now. The American economy is firing on all cylinders. Unemployment is at 3.8%. The Dow is at 25,000. Inflation is low. How come people aren't happy with the U.S. economy? Because you are seeing a paper tiger in action. The economy, by certain metrics, is doing better, as you mentioned. The Dow, yeah. the unemployment. Yeah. The problem is most of the gains have gone to the upper 10%. If Bali, yeah. You know, and let's be honest, unemployment has been modified to, to reflect also the drop in the labor participation rate. Which, okay, which, people, which coincidentally, the United States has the lowest labor participation rate of any nation in the West. Okay. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, why is that? People are retiring. They're either retiring. <laughs> They're either retiring or, you know, I, unfortunately, we have ageism in this country. Right. That if you're 55 and over, right. you know, and you've been laid off or right. you've lost your job for some reason, yeah. it's very difficult to get a job. So you just stop looking. Okay. Okay. That, that's one reason. Uh, a lot of women who entered the workforce yeah. are also now reaching retirement age. We had a big boost in the late 70s or mid-70s, excuse me. Um, the other thing is wage growth has not caught up with economic productivity numbers or just general GDP growth. Okay. okay? And, yes, you, the economy is doing better. People are hiring. But who is hiring? Okay. You know, who is actually getting a job? It, the where, fact is this, where are the, is still growing. Yeah, where are the jobs? Yeah, and the jobs are not you know, paying. People, yeah. We need two jobs in this economy, and, and, and we're one cycle, one downward cycle where this all could fall apart. I, I hate to say it's a house of cards, but it's a house of cards. Okay, a strong job market could be real bad for home buyers. For example, more people are drawing paychecks because there's full employment, able to afford a home. Demand is intensified, but the homes listed for sale is low. High demand, low supply means prices go up. That's the gist of the laws of supply and demand. It isn't just that home ownership is unobtainable here in California. According to Kay Schiller, Johnny, home prices are rising more than 6% annually in places like Atlanta and Minneapolis in Detroit. Poor old destitute Detroit, they're up 8% over the last year. But wages have gone up less than 3% over the last year. So if the price of home is, is rising at about three times the rate that people's wages are going up and people can't afford a home as is, and there aren't homes anyway, and the price of homes keep rising, ergo and therefore homelessness. In the next five years, for yeah. the next five years, and, or possibly beyond, the yeah. lingers. The biggest obstacle to the growth in this country will be getting a roof over your head. Right. Never mind buying a home, but rent. 
Right. So you're seeing this, and this is and what I mean is it's going to be an obstacle. Is you're an employer in an area where folks can't find a place to live, and if they think, okay, you're paying me fifty grand a year, but I got to travel three hours to the job, forget it. Right. I need you seventy know? grand a year now. Have you got it? Exactly. No. Okay, then let's part company. You know. That's. I mean, or they're going to have to, or <clears throat> either that, or they're going to have to do what we've been talking about for a while, which is remote uh, workplaces. Now, we talked about that with the state of Vermont, right? The governor of Vermont is offering ten grand to people to move to Vermont uh, as long as they would do their jobs over the Internet. We talked about this, right? Yeah. Okay. And, the, I mean, and the reason for that is this. Vermont is losing its young. Even though Vermont is one of the most beautiful places in the world, it is really, really hard to make a living there. There is, I mean, there's no business there, you know. So what they figure is this. Let's get the kind of people who who really cherish a comfortable, relaxed lifestyle and work over the Internet, and we'll bring them to Vermont. We can replace the young who are going to go and, and you know, be baristas in Starbucks or something, you know. I, I mean, I, I, you're going to see more of that. But with home buyers, 30-year fixed mortgages, are they, they have been going up like crazy in the last year and a half. The average interest rate is up at 4.62, okay? Yeah, it was under 4 at the beginning of the year. What's yeah, that? You got a, a mortgage application rate, they're not growing as much. Okay. And that's because, you know, again, supply and demand. Eventually, the buyers are going to back out. They're going to go back to renting, okay? Right. And it's with an area where the renting is too high. They're going to just yeah, – yeah, I mean, history shows they'll just go someplace else. Right. You know? But there's another problem that has never been really addressed, and it's that if people are working at home, right? that's what the employer – under the new tax code, yeah. a lot of the write-offs that the employer used to be able to take will not be available any longer. Unless you were to say that working at home is, in fact, working in an office. It's exactly the same thing. No. It's telecommuting. Oh, it's not the same. No, a lot of that is okay. gone. A lot of it is gone. Oh, great. A lot of, so, we, so, we had, so we had a tax cut that, in, that in effect, slammed the door on telecommuting. No, you could use telecommuting, but about two-thirds of your tax credits or tax, excuse me, tax deductions are gone they've, for that. They've now disappeared. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's a, there's a forward-looking government for you in Washington. The net worth of U.S. households and nonprofits, according to Federal Reserve, Johnny, is about a hundred trillion dollars. But the problem is, is that thirty-nine percent of the gains in the last thirty-two years has gone to forty per forty uh, percent of the gains gone to the top one percent. Okay, mm-hmm. the middle forty percent of the country, which would historically be considered middle class. Had 36% of the wealth 30 years ago. They got 27% now. They've lost a quarter of their of their purchasing power and their net worth. Okay. And, and you will find that as that has happened, just to make ends meet, they've had to use go to use credit cards just right. to pay the essentials. I mean, 35 years ago, even 20 years ago, people were not using credit cards as much for stupid things. Or I'll, let me rephrase that: basic items. Right. You know, they 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 were using cash or writing a check or a debit card. Right. You know. They were covering. But they're not making the money that they need. They're not getting the wealth. And if you're working poor, forget it. Okay. 
You know, there, there is no there is no safety net for a working class person if things hit the ground. Okay. They can collect unemployment, right? Right. But the unemployment's been stripped down, right? Has it not? Yep. If you need to, if you lose your house insurance or require any public assistance, you're going to have to, in some states, show that you're quote unquote looking for a job, right? Even though that's what you're already trying to do, or What's worse is, and this is what's not reflected, as you said earlier, I mean, how this is a paper tiger is the economy is, quote, unquote, doing better, but people who are working still need public assistance. Sure. You have people who work at Walmart. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who are on food stamps. You know, that, yeah. that, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, none of this stuff does. I mean, in the, in the same piece that we've been talking about, they talk about the incredible cost of child care, yet they talk about tax credits that are disappearing. It's almost as though they are overstimulating the economy for 1% of the population, which, as we know, is, is what, 3.3 million people in a, in a country of 330 million people. I'm sorry. That's, you know, you're talking about 329 million people who are not benefiting from this stuff, John. And you get a pressure bill. This is very dangerous. Okay, explain. Because, well, think about it. You're a working class person. Yeah. And you see that you've been busting your tail. You're not getting ahead. Nope. Your rent is going up. You yep. may be homeless. Right. Okay? Your wages hasn't gone up. Nope. But the cost of food... Is, is, you're now eating more ramen. Right. Let's just say. And I know there's some hipsters that are fighting ramen. It's cool, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm watching Miguel eat noodles in front of me, so yes, I'm, I'm well aware. <laughs> but the fact is this, is you see the stock market go, but the average person, if they have a 401k, right. they don't have enough for days of anything. And eventually, this pressure builds and builds and builds, and it's going to be a blow-up of some kind. So you you're, see you're, this in... So you're saying that that uh, Bob Marley's famous edict, a hungry mob is an angry mob, is coming. You see it in third world countries. Yeah. You see it in countries that experience revolutions. Now, I'm not saying that, that we're going to be... have Bolsheviks or... 1917. Right. But you are going to see some people say enough is enough and I need something now. Make do, make with an apartment for me. I don't care how you pay for it, but I want it. Right. I don't want my kids living in a car. Right. And if you don't, that's that's the question. You'll be replaced. No, no, that's not. That, yeah, well, you'll be replaced. You know, at the ballot box. But let's say the the person you replace them with doesn't do anything either, because they're at the behest of of, of corporate powers and the one percent. Okay. So then what? What do you keep replacing? Then, then you go down a dark path, Johnny. Yeah, I know a you do. A very bloody dark path. I know they do, but but this is what I don't understand, right? As, as we talk about, especially in Los Angeles, where the bifurcation between the haves and the have-nots is plain, and it's in plain view, and it is agonizing, you would figure, I mean, you know, Garcetti is at least trying to do some stuff, but there is so much resistance 
to the very idea of do you understand that most people in the city are one paycheck away from joining their friends in the tents down in Echo Park? You know when he's going to get what he needs done? When the economy finally goes into the toilets and you probably got a quarter of the population, either homeless or borderline Or close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I got a question for you. Given who is running the government right now in Washington, D.C., what happens if that happens? What happens, okay, if if a sequence of events, a trade war kicked off by the tariffs, cause a stock market crash, okay? We have a reprise of 2008. We don't have a George Bush or a Barack Obama in power right now. These were people who recognized there are certain solutions that you use that may not be incredibly popular politically, but you got to do them. We have somebody who thrives on debt and bankruptcy running the country right now. That is, that's not exactly a healthy scenario, Mr. Venom. No. No. No, it's not. And, and, and this is where it gets scary because... You don't know what's going to come after this. You could have multiple things happen. The best thing that could happen is some sort of new deal, either on a state level or a regional level, you know, or or you get a big wave in a Congress, you know, which you saw in 1932. Oh, yeah. Okay. And in 1934 also. You know, people talk about midterms always being disastrous for the party in power. It didn't happen in 34, you know. You so, know, if there is no bailout for the farmer, right? And and soybeans have already dropped a lot in price. Oh yeah, I posted two charts on your Facebook page yep. of both corn I futures saw. and soybeans futures. And I'm going to tell you, if this continues and they don't get a bailout, you know, whoever is in charge, whoever represents them, they're going to be thrown out. They will because farmers have a history of this, and they, and farmers have a history of violence. Yeah. And yeah, you could say, well, today, the most of those farmlands are big corporations. Guess what? If it looks like they're getting a, a, a better deal than the local farmer, that's where the unrest is going to first hit, that they will go after those big farms. Great. The Dust Bowl rears its ugly head again. Johnny, can you hang on through the break, please? Sure. Southern California Live with Wendell. Stay tuned. Now, traffic on the Patriot AM 1150. Downtown LA, we've got a disabled vehicle on the 110 freeway northbound at 5th Street. Your stop and go back from the 10 as a result. Also, uh, some problems in West LA. A crash there on the 10. Eastbound at the 405, right lane blocked with that. Stop and go traffic from Cloverfield. Right around the corner, we had a five-car crash on the 405 southbound at at the 10. It uh, looks like that is clearing. Still a bit slow from Getty Center Drive. And on the 5 southbound at Stadium Way, two cars. Tell me Southern California Live with Wendell at 756 with Johnny Venom. Mr. Venom, we have but a few minutes left because we went way over in the other one. We do that, you know. We have no discipline at all. Yeah, no, I mean, we're just, you know, we're not housebroken. We're not house trained. And as a res- result, we tend to ignore clocks, you know. That's... I have that cone that they put on dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing around the neck. The co- the yeah, the big, the, big, the big yellow cone. You have a yellow cone, you know, but, it, yeah. but it still doesn't make you, like, watch a clock anymore carefully. 
No, uh, no, that's that's supposed to be my job. But I, as you, as my, you know, delegating my, my, any responsibility to me is is a ticket to disaster. Well, it is your show. Yes, that is true, and that, which is why it's subtitled Johnny Wendell, Southern California Live, Ticket to Disaster. That's us. Yeah, <laughs> um, sir. We've only got a couple of minutes left in the hour. This idea that we're supposed to be in this economic boom, but people aren't happy at all for the most part about the economy. Is it really simply that they aren't making enough money? That, that, that yeah. after all is said and done, they just aren't making enough money? Well, well it, it's a confluence of you're not making enough. The cost of living is just going higher and higher. Than the rate of inflation. I mean, you're having and you're dealing with credit card debt. Right. A lot of people still have a lot of consumer debt. Yeah. You have a generation of young people with a lot of college debt. Yep, a trillion okay. dollars worth in America. Yeah. Okay. And while yes, you are able to get that job, but a lot of people don't have enough savings. And you know, you're one down cycle away of looking for employment again. Right. Okay. And again, you got people. We have to do multiple gigs just to survive. You know how you can tell when the economy has truly gotten better? Yes. When Uber and Lyft are having a hard time surviving because they can't get drivers. Sure. You know, uh, or when you see help wanted signs in every single retail outlet in your neighborhood. They're everywhere because they can't get somebody to work. What's that? And they're offering benefits. And they're offering benefits, yeah. You know, because they have to, because you won't work there. I mean, we're seeing in, in California, for example, uh, uh, crop pickers, fruit pickers being offered health care for the first time ever. We're seeing wages as high as, as 18 bucks an hour, you know, at, at those jobs because they can't find anybody who'll do them, you know. But that's not the yeah. same thing as being an Uber driver. I don't want to be in the fields all day picking walnuts as opposed to sitting behind the wheel of, of my Acura driving around yuppies, you know. So, well, you know, that that can get on you as well. Yeah, you can. may not have a lot of physical. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Action, but sitting in a car driving people around. You know, the cost of the vehicle and maintenance and, and everything. Else. Not, not to mention the fact that L.A. traffic can, could drive a Saints BP up. Johnny, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Anytime, sir. Southern California Live with Wendell it is. Have not checked with Mo or Tawala. I'm hoping they are joining us. It is Father's Day. You never know. Southern California Live with Wendell. It's eight. This is the Patriot AM 1150 and iHeart Radio Station. Yeah, Southern California Live with Wendell at 806. Joined for the next two segments by our friends from next door at KFI AM 640, Mr. Mo Kelly, whose name graces the Mo Kelly Show, and his producer, the exuberant, irrepressible, and my fellow dad in the room, Tawala Sharp. Gentlemen, happy Father's Day. Day. The fathers represent. Mo's a father, though, really, because you're a stepdad. You have three. Yeah, and they're putting me through hell, let me tell you. They're uh, they're, They're earning my stripes quick. They're enjoying (laughs) it. 
Okay. Yeah, we haven't seen Miles in here in a way in a while. Where where is as Miles has given up on radio? Well, put it this way: he wants the quickest path to stardom. He doesn't want to work for it. He just wants to. He just wants to be famous and and get attention. And and I had to very politely explain to him that there is a degree of working involved. You know, he just wants to be famous. He just wants to. So he he got to start his own YouTube channel and and, and which light, he's doing right now. Yeah, correct. Uh, yes. He's lighting his farts on fire and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It, it, uh, What's his name? Johnny Knoxville is like a role model for a generation. <laughs> you, you, who would have ever figured such a thing? You're laughing at me, am I right? No, no. I mean, he's got a new movie coming out, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought this guy was done. No, he's not. And, yeah, I know. I've, I've heard him promoting it on a different radio show. I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mo, what'd you talk about tonight? started talking about how I'm not going to enter into any discussion of – immigration policy and how it is justified what's going on at the border how it's justified biblically i'm not entertaining that conversation because it's ridiculous it's not close to being biblically supported it's not a moral policy uh-huh. and and people want to have these what i call fake debates right no, you can't cherry pick certain verses out of the bible to justify an immoral stance yeah what is it uh, isaiah 1 8 basically said an immoral law is not a law worth following. Yes. There's so much for Romans 13. <laughs> also, it should be pointed out, uh, I consider myself a patriotic American. Do you consider yourself a patriotic American? Uh, I love the First Amendment. I know that. Uh, Twala, you consider yourself a patriotic American? What about you, Miguel? We're yeah. all patriotic Americans. Yep. I, 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 I stand at the Pledge of Allegiance. I, so I do. still I, do. Yes. I'm not at all. Uh, you're not at all? No, no. Well, at no. least he's honest. Okay. Yeah. All right, you're fired. Anyway... Uh, well, hey, we're the Patriot, dude. You know, you got to represent. Anyway, uh, the reason I say this is because Romans 13 was invoked by British monarchy in the 1770s. You must obey the whole of the law, said Romans 13. You know that the laws of the earth are God's laws as well. And therefore, there will be no American Revolution, which means no more America. Uh, also... Shortly, a few generations after that, uh, another American institution decided to invoke Romans 13 to defend itself from being abolished. Well, what was that institution? That would be slavery. Yes, it would. So let's let's just let's to reiterate the idea that the attorney general says that Romans 13 is biblical justification for what is going on at the Texas Mexico border is akin to saying we should never have seceded and uh, freed ourselves from the king and slavery was right because it was the law. But it also presupposes that we would be a Christian nation governed by Christian theology. Otherwise, the whole idea of you must respect the law, then is it the law of the United States or is it the law of North Korea? Right. Is it the law of the, during the Trump administration or the law of, of Barack Obama? Because it can't be both and. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, when you point out the gist of uh, America being a Christian nation, uh, that's a biggie on this radio station on AM 1150. You will hear lots and lots of our hosts, Tuala, say America is a Christian nation. Uh, pardon me if that's not stentorian or not affected enough. Can, can you give me a minute? <clears throat> America is a Christian nation. 
That's more the timbre that that statement is tends to be uttered in on this station. And would you say that's a fairly accurate impersonation? Accurate impersonation. Okay, very good. Um, I have a question for you, beginning with Mr. Tawala Sharp. The name Jesus Christ appears in the U.S. Bill of Rights how many times? Yeah, zero. Mo? Zero. The word Christian appears in the Bill of Rights how many times? Zero. Okay. Uh, In the Declaration of Independence? Zero. In 1798, the United States signed, I believe, the Treaty of Tripoli. Are you aware yes. of that? Okay. Yes. When somebody, when the United States government, Tuala, here's a little civics lesson for everybody, because I just want to bore the pants off you on Father's Day here. When the United States ratifies a treaty, Mo, it becomes the law of the land. Not just the treaty between the United States and another party, but it's the law of the land. In the Treaty of Tripoli, signed in 1798, ratified by the U.S. Senate, signed by President Adams, it has a particular phrase in it. It is one sentence long. What's this one I'm looking for? Would it be the separation of church and state? No, it, no? Would, it says verbatim, America is not a Christian mm. nation. Really? Yes. It says that. What? We signed it. You see, because we're fighting with the Barbary pirates in yes. what's now Libya, okay? And we, they didn't want to cut a deal with us, okay? They were being difficult. We were being difficult. And they, you know, you're only picking on us because you're Christians and you're a Christian country. And Adams and his people went to them and said, no, you're pirates. We don't care about your Muslim heritage. You're pirates. That's what we don't like about you. The Muslim thing's okay. The piracy thing is not. We are not picking on you for that because... And they said in the Treaty of Tripoli, America is not a Christian nation. Okay. So, in our laws, it actually says it isn't. Our founding fathers were not Christians. They were deists. Yeah. Okay. Deists and atheists. And atheists. Okay. The Constitution does not say Jesus Christ is our Savior, nor does it say Christianity is is the religion of America. In fact, in the First Amendment of the Constitution, what does it say about the idea of America having an official religion? No, there will be no religious test. Congress shall not make, make any law. law. Yeah, there's no religion. We don't have one in America. We are a secular nation of laws. Okay, so this is not a Christian nation. Therefore, the idea of the Bible, which is held dear by Christians and Jews, yes. both, uh, the Bible's not the law. The laws are the law, and sometimes laws in America are profoundly awful, okay? Especially those that fall under the name of James Crow, for example. Those were pretty awful laws, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah. There, there are a lot of laws that are uh, immoral and unbiblical. Yeah. Uh, up until recently, uh, before, what was it, uh, Hardwick versus Texas, it was against the law for same-sex couples to have sex. Yeah. Okay. That had to be overturned by the Supreme Court within the last 16 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Antonin Scalia's Supreme Court at that. Yeah, that's something, huh? So then my question is, Yeah. is Sessions then just talking to Trump's base? Yes. People who would yes. abide by yes. that verse in Romans and say, <laughs> Yeah, 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 I remember those times. Mo, 
May I interject sure. because I know you're Go ahead. Go ahead. you're champing at the bit on this one. Yes, Tawala, uh, Mr. Sessions is in fact pandering to his base. However, he's not pandering the way you think he might be, and I think Mo's in agreement with me on this one. Uh, as far as you must obey the law, so says Romans 13, uh, not only do they cherry-pick the Bible, Mo, they cherry-pick the laws. I, I have a question for you, sir. Uh, Mr. Sessions, our attorney general, says that Children can be taken from their parents via a zero-tolerance policy at the border because that's the law. He says that, right? He he says that, but I quibble with whether that's the law or that it, an it's initiative a, and a change in it, the law. It's a policy. Yes, it's not a law. Policy. The law doesn't actually say that. It's a, it's And it is a certain kind of implement, implementation of this law. Okay. Right. So— if you can take somebody's children because they cross the border illegally, I would think that, and, and it's the law, you're breaking the law. You knew you were breaking the law when you were the, bringing those kids here. You knew you were risking losing those kids, right? right? That's their argument. All right. Well, you know, Mr. O'Kelly, says Officer Wendell of the California Highway Patrol, you were going 88 miles an hour. You broke the speed limit. I see that you have your three stepchildren in, in the back seat. Well, you know, our new policy says that when you speed on the freeway, you endanger passengers. They're taken from you. That's, I have a question for you. Go ahead. What's your reaction to a policy like that? That policy is that's a pretty good metaphor in comparison for this reason, because up until this point, crossing the border illegally was akin to like a misdemeanor. It is a misdemeanor the first time you do it. Yes. Citation. Yeah, and you get if cited, you will. It's about a two hundred fifty dollar fine. But the within second, that, second time though is not right. Yeah. But within that, there is latitude and discretion. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> in your instance, if you take away that latitude and discretion, you go to the letter of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law. If you're doing 88, 90 miles an hour, that's reckless endangerment, reckless driving. Yeah. You, your car could be impounded. You will be prosecuted. And yes, by that definition, your children could be taken away. Absolutely. Why not? You're endangering them and other, and other children on the freeway. The only way to make you learn is to do this. Now, the fact of the matter is, is by having a zero-tolerance policy at the border, everybody who crosses gets stuck in these pens and prosecuted. That means that the next time they cross the border, it is a felony, okay? Yep. So this is preemptively preventing anybody from coming into the United States by making it so punitive in the first place you wouldn't want to bother. Yet, as we notice, since April, what's been up in America? Border crossings. Oh, yeah. According to the Border Patrol, they're way up. You want to know why? Because they're testing the government to see if they're serious or not. So border crossings are, in fact, up the last two months, not down. But I have a question. And if this is about stemming illegal immigration, right. not just border crossings, because Jeff Session put it within the context of illegal immigration. Right. Why is it they're not doing that to expired visas? Why are they not also using the same um, sort of policy, the northern border. Why are they not doing it all around the America, not just at the southern border with brown people? Why aren't they doing it at the shores? Why are they not doing it at the airports where people are flying in? Most 
no, not most, actually, 40% of people who are in the United States illegally, undocumented, came here legally, okay, and they overstayed. They overstayed. They overstayed. I needed an au pair for my kids. She wants to stay here, and, you know, she can work for me in Beverly Hills, and I only got to pay her 15 bucks an hour, and, you know, if I'm Harvey Weinstein, I'm probably diddling her anyway. So that being said, that was gratuitous, and that's unnecessary, but I threw it in anyway. The fact of the matter is, is that person and the au pair from Switzerland or Sweden or Canada, they're not going into a pen. Now, why is that? Shouldn't they be penned up like every other illegal immigrant? And did you see the statement by Jeff Sessions? They said, if you aid someone in entering the country illegally, well, that would apply to someone who's giving employment to someone yeah, who's Yeah, how about well. that? Yeah, okay. It would. If you aid in a bet, okay? So- you know, I come in and uh, they, they seize my uh, iPhone or whatever, and I come in from Mexico or Nicaragua or Guatemala, and I f- they find that I have ad- answered an ad on Craigslist for a nanny or a pool cleaner or a translator or a landscaper or whatever. Now, aiding and abetting. What happens to, uh, say, the uh, wealthy condominium owner in uh, Tustin, Tustin Ranch? who employs illegal immigrants to clean his pool and clean his yard. That's aiding and abetting, isn't it? Yes, and it's helping them come in the country. Or all of the farmers in Southern California. Who hire? Immigrants. Yeah. Oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Are their children going into pens? No, they're not. So you see... This is selective enforcement of the law. It isn't universal. Has nothing to do with Romans 13, Mr. Sessions, and his disgusting, vile, filthy, putrid, horrific, vomitous sidekick from Santa Monica with his dead eyes and his bald head. And you know who I mean. They're liars. We'll be back. Ah, uh, yeah. Southern California Live with Wendell, day 26 with Mo Kelly and Tawala Sharp. Off the air, when I was guesting on Mo's show a few hours earlier, I posed to him a rhetorical question, which will be followed up by a second rhetorical question. Rhetorical question number one. As of today, are Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson first ballot Hall of Famers in the sport of basketball? I say Stephen Curry, yes, he's pretty much there already. Klay Thompson, he's the third best player on his team. He will get to the Hall of Fame, but not a first ballot. Second question, what is it worth to the Lakers to deal for Kawhi Leonard, who wants to play in Southern California, his home? Uh, you get rid of Lonzo Ball. You might have to throw in Kyle Kuzma. And the, the reason I say that, because you're going to need a team to accept the Luol Ding contract, which is $16 million over four years. They need to get that off the books to make room for the other two max players. Assuming they can do this. Okay. Right. So you would, you would make that deal assuming uh, San Antonio makes that deal. Well, they have to do something because they're going to lose him at the end of this season. Right. They want to make sure they get something for him. And they have the, the prospect of getting the most from the Lakers – where he wants to go. Uh, You are aware of what his two most likely destinations are, supposedly. You mean Kawhi? Yeah. 
Outside the Lakers, I don't know. Toronto or Boston, supposedly, because they can offer stuff that uh, San Antonio actually wants. The <laughs> Lakers, I mean, Lonzo Ball's a problem. Also, remember, Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma don't like each other, you know. So they're, they're playing this game like they were riffing and, yeah, and just jonesing it, each other, but no, it's real. Okay, yeah, no, it's real. Okay, thoughts, assuming you were following it on today's remarkable, unbelievable, amazing upset at the World Cup. I was half watching it, and I was discussing how heartbroken I was that the U.S. is not in it. Because not at all. I can only root for the U.S. Yes, I'm aware that Mexico upset Germany, yeah. but that does nothing <laughs> for me because Mexico is one of our biggest rivals in soccer. Yeah, it's like are. rooting for Boston. It's like, that's hey! not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Hey, in this room, we don't talk like that. You brought it up. Yeah, you know, mentioned I Boston. Did, I know, I did. Mm. No, I, no way, I did not. Yes, you did. You're talking about in Kawhi I'm Leonard. About Kawhi Leonard, not in terms of like an analogy. <laughs> I mean, boy, you talk about a bridge too far. I know your show, your rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tawala, next week when oh. you come in, kill him. Uh, anyway, uh, so. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, disagree. Thompson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, uh, he was, after all, the second-best player the first time they get the ring. He's been an all-star consistently, what, five or six straight years. Golden State is now a dynasty. Mm -hmm. They're likely to win again next year. I say he's a first ballot hall. Certainly Durant, obviously, is. I didn't Mm -hmm. even bring it up. Okay, I think Kawhi will probably come to the Lakers, oddly enough. I figure they'll make some kind of deal together. That's our signal. Southern California Live with Wendell. We shall return. This is the Patriot, AM 1150. Ah, uh, yeah. Southern California Live with Wendell up in our room at 836. Thanks to Tawala. Thanks to Mo. Thanks to Johnny Venom. Thanks to everybody. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. There's three of us in this room right now. Phil was a stepfather for a while. He not anymore. When you were back east, you were technically a stepdad, right? Oh, yeah. You had uh, three stepchildren? No, two. Two girls, right? Yeah. Okay. And when you were living in Florida? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Did you like being a dad? I did. I loved it. And I was still one here for a while, and I loved that. When you you still stayed in touch with the two girls, even though you and their... their Well, we were together for like four years while I was out here, and so I was flying back and forth, seeing them all the time. Do you still talk to them? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you still regard them almost as relatives? Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't talk to them enough to make it feel like that. Okay. But yes. Uh, Does their mom have a new boyfriend? No. Not at this point. All right. She did. She did, but not... Okay. So you were a stepdad. And uh, Miguel, as we know, is, uh, you know, he is not yet a dad. Uh, That's because he's an incel. Uh, uh, Just kidding. Miguel, you are aware of of that, right? You know what an incel is, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm joking. That's, you know, by the way, 
of all the terrible things I've said to you since you've been sitting there, that's the worst, and for that I have to apologize. Should I explain to the world what an incel is? Phil, do you know what an incel is? Phil has no idea what an incel is. Miguel, shall you do the honors or shall I? I'll let you do the honors since it's Father's Day. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Incel is someone who is involuntarily celibate, hence incel. Phil. That's hilarious. Phil, we got to <laughs> roll out the rubber sheets for you on that one, right? I mean, you know, you just, you, your depends are full after that one, right? I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are such things. They're involuntarily celibate. I don't want to waste an entire segment on my opinion of such nonsense. But what I would say about it is this. Uh, these are generally young men who go on the Internet and they believe that feminism and uh, LGBTQ and the Me Too movement have emasculated men to the point where these particular kinds of men uh, can't find suitable sexual partners. In reality, they can't find any sexual partners, and they're not happy about it, hence they're involuntarily celibate, you see, because if they didn't suffer this particular malady, they wouldn't be celibate. They would be involuntarily profligate. But profligate, in a way, is sort of the, the opposite of celibate, isn't it? I mean, there, there are degrees. I mean, there's you're celibate, or you're having a little sex, or you're sexually profligate, which means you're having a lot of sex. Okay. But they're not having any, see, other outside of presumably self-gratification. Okay. We guess. So they're not entirely celibate. <laughs> they're celibate where other people are concerned. It's unbelievable. It's like, like in a court of law explaining to the judge what an incel is. I kind of went like, Deep, you went just deep down. I did. There was no reason to do what I did, but I did right. it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I had to do it. I, was, I, I wasn't even motivated to do it. I had, I had to. I had to keep going no matter what because I had to make a point. My point is, is this: the root of such silliness comes from this idea that people are entitled to things that they are not entitled to. Okay. You have young men who believe that they are entitled to the sexual companionship of young women, or older women, or whatever women of some kind. Or the, I mean, there may even be Miguel. Are there gay incels, or is incel t- strictly a hetero phenomenon? No, it's strictly a hetero thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll you know there if if there are gay incels, you know, forgive me for not you know, giving you your props. We just haven't encountered you yet. When we do, we'll do a segment on gay incels and it'll be as ridiculous as this one. Anyway, so (laughs) I think my problem with it is this idea of entitlement, Miguel. The idea is like, I believe that because I want these women to sleep with me, therefore I'm entitled to their company because I want it and it should exist. How dare they withhold this from me? This isn't right. And what we saw, Miguel, I don't know if you know about this, but one of these incels, was it in Toronto? 
drove his van into a group of people and ran over 10, killed 10 people. And he was, turns out he was incel. You know, this came out later that he was, you know, part of some group of incels or in some incel thing on Instagram or Twitter, like, you know, the, the incel, the, the, oh, what more, the incel Facebook page. I don't know. Can you imagine wanting to be on part of that? It's like, hey, look at me. Nobody likes me. <laughs> That's just sad. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I think the, sub- the subtext of this whole thing, you know, and yeah, there are an, there are an extreme example is that I got news for you because it's Father's Day. And if I'm going to, I'm not going to talk to my fellow fathers on this, but if you're going to talk to your kids the way I do on the issue of entitlement and not, not nothing to do with involuntary celibacy, luckily that hasn't come up yet in a manner of speaking. Uh, this issue of entitlement, I have two sons. Okay. One's a teenager. One's going to be a teenager in, in three, three weeks from today. Okay. Um, and I tell them something that I repeat this over and over again to drill it into their heads at all costs. This must be inculcated into my two sons. You're not entitled to anything. You have no privileges. What you get, you get. You get by what you put out. If you don't do anything, you don't get. There's no magic that says that you get A, B, and C, and D just because you're here. You don't get a prize just by being you. You're not entitled to anything. Because I think that in a lot of ways, we got a culture in America that tells its people, you can have anything you want. You should have anything you want. It's your divine right. It's why people drive their credit card debt up through the roof. I want it. Because I want it, I'm entitled to it. It's my right to it because it exists. So what if I don't have money for it right now? I'll buy it on a credit card. Okay. That has caused an awful lot of trouble. I don't know if you know this or not, but guess what Americans are doing now that they were doing in 2007? You do remember 2007. I was behind this very mic 11 years ago. So you remember me and I remember you. They're carrying the same amount of household debt today as they were then. Only now, interest rates are rising, not dropping, which means that if you really, really want that thing and you feel that you're entitled to that thing, wherever that thing is, be it on Amazon or Best Buy or wherever or whatever it is, one, it's going to cost you more, and two, you've already racked up an impressive slew of debt as is. How's about them apples? And yeah, people who complain about being involuntarily celibate, that is taking it to a ridiculous extreme. I admit it. Fact of the matter is, if I were sitting in a room of young men who were involuntarily celibate, I would say to them, this is what you must do. You have to figure out a way to make yourself worthy of the attention of the young women that you fancy. They don't owe you anything. They are not your right. You not caveman ogs, slam them over the head with club, drag them into lair. It doesn't work like that. You have to figure out a way to make yourself appealing to them. That's what I would say to them. And what I would say to my own kids on the issue of everything, and not just, you know, whether or not they're going to have 
girl troubles as adolescents. Undoubtedly, they are. They're boys. Boys have girl troubles, you know. Uh, don't expect anything. Don't count on anything. Don't feel like it's your right to get something just because you're there. You are not entitled to anything. You're not privileged to anything. Yeah, I know there's a big deal that's being made in America right now on the issue of white privilege. And my sons, like their dad and their mom, are white. Okay. And white privilege does exist. There's, there's no hiding it. Okay. It's there. But it only goes so far. And it won't get you absolutely everything that you want. Yeah, it gives you a leg up on people that aren't white. I accept that. You know, I understand that. But that's not the issue. The issue is, do you believe that you are entitled to anything? Answer is no, you're not. You get what you get. Remember when we were little kids and we were told over and over and over again, you get what you get and don't get upset. It's a beautiful rhyme. You get what you get and don't be upset. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, it's funny. Stone saying you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you get what you need. Certainly a lyric everybody over a certain age knows. Well, I got news for you. Sometimes you try sometimes and you don't get what you need. But I'll tell you something. If you expect that you deserve something automatically, you aren't going to get S blank blank T and you don't deserve it because there is no deserving there is no right to anything. There is no, it's fair if I get that. None of that stuff exists. You get what you get. You get back what you put in. If you don't try hard, you don't get anything. If you don't show up, you don't get anything. You don't work, you don't get anything. That's my Father's Day message to my kids. They have to put up with me until midnight tonight because it's Father's Day. What's worse, it's my birthday a week from today, which is, you know, it's my favorite week of the year. <laughs> I get to be an a-hole bookended by a whole week. So, you know, I would tell them this, and I have told them this. And, Phil, you probably told your stepkids this. You only get out what you put in. Don't expect anything. Don't count on anything. You don't deserve nothing. You don't have any rights. You don't have any privileges. You don't have any entitlements. You make your own fate and you make your own way. That's what I tell my kids. And I know that sounds like, you know, uh, you know, I walk 27 miles in the rain uphill both ways to school, get off my lawn, old man lecturing type stuff. But it's from my own personal experiences of being, you know, self-employed for so long, from being a, a bar musician for so long. How well did I get paid in the bars that I played in? How many people did I draw? I got what I got. I, I didn't get what I deserve. I got what I earned. Hey, that band that played last night was terrible. They were out of tune. The singer couldn't sing. Their songs were crap. They drew 200 more paid than you did, John. That's why they made 1,000 more dollars than you did. That's not fair. So what? Bring 200 more paid in next time, and we'll let all of that pass. See, that's what I mean. You're a rock and roll musician. You know, you're a talk show host. You write. You act. You do whatever. You don't, you don't just you know, get a paycheck for showing up somewhere for 40 hours a week. You learn the hard way. You get out what you put in. So, dads, even if your kids are incels, this is what you have got to impress on your children today. You deserve nothing. You make your own way. You make your own fate. 
good luck. So says the second-generation American whose grandparents came here with bupkis. Southern California Live with Wendell. It's 8.50. Miguel's social life, such as it were, is up next. Southern California Live with Wendell. It is one of our favorite segments and also one of our shortest. Miguel's social life. Miguel is our producer. His social life is colorful and enlightening and wonderful. Apparently, while doing security at an event, a rather unusual event occurred which brought a chuckle to his face. Sir. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you like dozing off just there? Yeah, I'm thinking about ice cream right now. Uh, Oh, are you? Okay, well, stop because you're on the radio. This is your segment. Mm -hmm. This is your social life. So you were working at the event in Long Beach. Yeah, so I was working at Smoking Grooves. Uh, I was doing Lost and Found, not security this time. Okay. Or in general. but And, and somebody found. actually made a request of you that struck you as being particularly ludicrous and amusing, correct? Yes. it's. I'm still baffled by it. Cause, Explain what happened, please. Well, I'm, a, I'm at the Lost and Found booth directly right in front of the entrance. Yeah. And a gentleman comes up to me. Um, he seemed hopeful, and he's yeah. asking. He asked me if anyone uh, has turned in a small bag of weed, and I just looked at him like, like really, like, like wow, you're certifiably insane, right? Like, yeah. you know how people say there's no such thing as stupid questions. This was there. There are such things as stupid. This questions. this was the quintessential, unbelievably idiotic statement, right? Because, because he assumed that we would hold on to weed if anyone would turn it in. I mean, granted, now that it's legal, but still, we're not, like, why would you, it's like going up to a cop and just asking him, like, has anyone turned into any lost drugs? Yeah, your office offer, can you help me? Or you, or you, or you go to, to Rampart Division and you go, there's lost and found here. Yeah, people turn stuff in. Uh, uh, I had, like, a, a quarter of an ounce of pure tar heroin anybody turn it in because i think it fell out of my pocket they would look (laughs) at you like this is a put on right there's a camera here somewhere someone's got a cell phone up all right you know is it april 1st what is this you know yeah they actually asked you you know anybody turn in any lost weed yeah he he was very descriptive about what it was and i was just i was just so baffled you could you couldn't believe anybody would do this right yeah. And then when I told them, no, we don't hold on to that. And then, two, even if we did, like. No we, one's going to do this. They'll keep right, it. Yeah. Right. And then just the way he, t- like, walked away, like, so disappointed with, like, a sad face. I was, I'm still baffled by it all. He actually thought that there was a ghost of a chance that his lost drugs would be turned in by a good Samaritan. He right. really believed this. <laughs> so, even though. Bear with me on this one. As I started taking drugs long before you were born, I mean, I stopped using them before you were born now that I think about it. Uh, In all the years that I dealt with active drug addicts, if they had any mind or body-altering substance of any kind, they held onto it for dear life. And secondly, if they discovered any that happened to be around, their atheism was gone. See you next week. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.